0: Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hello, my name is Jane. And my name is Sarah. We're both married with children in their late teens and 20s, which I guess makes us middle-aged empty nesters. The babies of our families actually did their HSCs together last year. So we have come together under difficult circumstances to get a bit of time to read the Bible, and we've both found it to be an absolutely fantastic time of rich learning, sharing, and understanding especially growing in our understanding of the character of Jesus and his forgiveness. The question we're looking at today is, do you see this woman from a passage in Luke's gospel? Before we start, let's pray.
1: Dear Father, thank you for the technology that allows us to do these podcasts. We pray that as people listen to them, that they'll be encouraged and uplifted. Thank you for your written word and the explanations and commentary books which help us to understand the Bible. Help us to learn more about you today.
0: Amen. The passage that we're going to look at is from the Gospel of Luke. So read along with us if you like, or just listen as Sarah reads from Luke 7, verses
1: 40 to 50. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, Say it, teacher. A creditor has two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. You didn't anoint my head with olive oil, but she's anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore I tell you her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that both of us initially sort of struggled to understand the meaning of the passage as it stood alone. So it was really good that, Sarah, you had done some background research into the context to help make it clearer. And it was good to read also the beginning of the chapter, which gave us some background to what we see was a human status assigned to the woman and then to actually look at understanding the polar opposite of the status that Jesus assigned to her in light of her faith later.
1: Well, yes, Jane. The background today's reading is that it tells us about some events early in Jesus' ministry. So John the Baptist is still alive. Jesus and his new disciples travel to Capernaum where miracles occur. So Jesus heals the Roman centurion's servant. He raises the son of a local widow from the dead. And finally, he's invited to dinner by Simon, a Pharisee, a Jewish religious leader. So it might be that as a sort of strict and learned religious Jew, Simon was trying to trap Jesus with awkward questions. Or it might be that he was genuinely curious about this new teacher. But Whatever Simon's motives, the men were reclining at a table, enjoying good food, when an uninvited guest turns up. This is a woman who was known in the town to be a sinner, probably a prostitute. She starts to weep and to anoint Jesus' feet with expensive ointment.
0: Thanks, Sarah. So the context has given us some meaning to the question that Jesus asked of Simon. Do you see this woman? It's also really good to remember that this actually comes before Jesus died on the cross. So it was early in his ministry and looking at teaching his disciples as well as the very Jewish customs that people were entrenched in. So I'm really pleased that you also found some commentaries which helped to shape our understanding of this passage and direct our attention to Jesus' thought processes. So as Simon quietly thinks to himself... He seems to be casting judgment both on the woman, but also on Jesus' acceptance of her unconventional attention and outpouring of gratitude.
1: Well, I found a, a commentary by David Guzik, and he suggests that Simon the Pharisee might have been thinking, Well, oh, this is awkward. Jesus, do you see this shameful woman touching your feet? But Jesus reads Simon's thoughts and turns things around Simon, do you see this woman? do you see her faith in coming to me, her love, her repentance and, and her devotion? So mm-hmm. that's what Jesus sees. He no longer sees her sin or our sin because it's forgiven. It's It's gone. It's wiped out by his grace. The woman adores and worships Jesus. And in verse 47, he tells her that her sins are forgiven. The woman's actions towards Jesus are in response to her faith that he could save her. And It's important to understand that her love for Jesus is not the thing that has saved her. Instead, Jesus forgave her, and then her love for him is the result of his forgiveness. She was forgiven many sins, and so her reaction is overwhelming love and gratitude. The danger with this passage is that we might think, oh, well, I'm not a prostitute like her, so my small day-to-day sins don't matter too much. But the Bible's very clear. Romans 3, verse 23 says... All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So her big sins and small sins and our big sins and small sins are all sins which separate us from God. We all need the forgiveness of God, which we can have through our trust and faith in Jesus. Because our Lord has forgiven us, we love him in return.
0: Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? I was just surprised that that central theme of the gospel message Good news to so many 2,000 years after Jesus' resurrection was actually preempted in this very tangible story that Jesus saw the true heartfelt faith and repentance in this less than socially acceptable woman and then forgave her sins. The awkwardness of this act isn't lost as it occurred at a Pharisee's dinner party and he was a priestly man who, according to Old Testament law, was doing better than most at reaching holiness. But it just does remind us again, doesn't it, that God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise and the weak things of this world to shame the strong. That's mentioned in 1 Corinthians
1: 1.27. Yeah, I found it really surprising too, Jane, that Jesus uses a second-class citizen, a woman, to make this very important point. So women were not well regarded 2,000 years ago. I mean, let's think about it. They were ceremonially unclean mm. each month. They weren't allowed into the temple. And the particular woman in this story is even more unwelcome. She's picked out as a woman of very dubious background. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine all the men and probably even the other women looking down on her. But Jesus uses this most humble person to expose the heart of the Pharisee and teach him and us a most important point about the nature and the extent of forgiveness. Simon the Pharisee would have been blown away. His understanding of forgiveness was based on keeping the rules. And I guess we should notice as well that the way Jesus explains forgiveness is what separates Christianity from other world religions. Forgiveness through faith in Jesus is available to all as a gift, not just to the rich people or the priestly trained few or because anyone works hard to receive it.
0: Yeah, so true. Did you find anything in the passage that really excited you? Oh yes.
1: Well this poor woman comes to Jesus utterly broken. So socially she is the absolute bottom of the pile. But Jesus says to her the most extraordinary statement of all. Your sins are forgiven. A statement which has got consequences for eternity. So healing the centurion's servant or even raising the widow's son from the dead, they're amazing miracles. But those men will die again one day. Forgiving the woman's sin is the most amazing because she's forgiven forever. So as women, I think it's so exciting and very moving for us to see Jesus use a broken woman to highlight his gift to us for generations.
0: Yeah, I agree, Sarah. I love how it shows Jesus' compassion, gentleness and love for women. As he turns his back on patriarchal convention that's at the table with him and Simon the Pharisee, to fully accept the attention of this broken woman who came to him in faith, forgiving her sins. I know that there are many layers as to how the message of this passage might apply to their lives. Are you able to talk about any of the things that this passage has brought to the forefront for you, Sarah?
1: Well, I think our gratitude to God comes from our head, which understands that we are forgiven but then our heart should pour out love and worship in return. We often don't grasp that passionate sort of heart love, which we should be showing Jesus every day. I think sometimes we're a bit overwhelmed by how much need there is in the world and how much need's doing in our home and in our church, and we want to sort of hang on to a bit of ourselves. The woman in this story is raw and passionate. She gives everything in love for Jesus, which challenges our own desire for a bit of peace or quiet or comfort. We should be praying and worshipping with overwhelming gratitude and feeling too.
0: I felt that way too, Sarah. This passage challenges me on a personal level to pray that I will not be caught up in earthly judgment as Simon the Pharisee was in regards to somebody's readiness or worthiness to come to Jesus for forgiveness. It challenges me also to pray that I, like this woman, will understand the gravity of my sin and therefore respond extravagantly with everything that I have to the gift of eternal life that I have been given through Jesus.
1: Well, Jane, there's one more thing I was thinking about. How would we greet this woman if she turned up at OEC?
0: We are quick to mentally label based on our human perceptions, aren't we? It's just so wonderful that God looks deeper into our hearts to see our intentions. Let's pray about what we've learnt, eh? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for your saving grace highlighted in this passage. Thank you that you have given this gift freely to all who come to you in repentance. Lord Jesus, thank you that in the example of this uninvited guest, a woman known publicly to be a sinner, you have shone a light on our human hypocrisy and judgment. Please show us where we do not love the way you love. Please give us hearts of complete vulnerability and repentance as we come to you with our sin and help us not hold back from extravagantly giving our best to you in response to your gift of salvation. Please show us areas in our lives which we hold on to that stop us reacting to you with the lavish fullness of faith that we see in this woman physically, emotionally and mindfully.
1: Yes, Lord, we thank you that whatever our sins are, you offer us new life, forgiveness and a relationship with you by following your son, Jesus. Help us to grasp this fact and in return to love you deeply, help us to show this deep love to those around us. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, that's the end of our 12 minutes together. In the next episode, the Talk for 12 team will be sharing some of what goes on behind the scenes. As we celebrate one year of podcasting. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for Twelve. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for twelve. That's the number twelve in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.